Jordan Lyles must have been hungry when he got to the ballpark on Wednesday night because he ate innings like we've never seen him eat before. A complete game for Jordan Lyles, the first by any Oriole this season as they salvage Game 3 against the Tigers. I'll recap the Oriole win, plus talk about the O's offense, which did have a bounce-back game Wednesday night, but overall, the recent struggles, are they just tired right now? We'll talk about that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to start by recapping an Orioles win as they are able to avoid the sweep and the season sweep at the hands of the Detroit Tigers with an 8-1 to victory in the final game of a three-game series on Wednesday night. I'll get to the five things you need to know from that one, including Jordan Lyles throwing the Orioles' first complete game of the season. Then, We'll move to the Orioles' offense, which of course did have a big bounce-back game, scoring eight runs on Wednesday night. But in general, they have really struggled here in September. And we'll take a look at, you know, could it just be a lot of slumps? Or could the reason just be this team getting tired and being out of gas? We'll take a look at how that could be the case for the O's offense. And then at the end of the pod, take a look at the Aberdeen Ironbirds. They had the decisive Game 3 of their South Atlantic League Championship Series on Wednesday night. We'll recap how that one went and find out if the Ironbirds could take home a title at the minor league level. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. For those of you who are here every day, Monday through Friday, we salute you. If you just check in every once in a while, that's amazing too. Thank you so much for either listening wherever you listen or watching right here on the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe here to the channel for more O's content, not just through the end of the regular season, but got a lot of fun off-season content already planned as well. It should be a pretty fun off-season here for the Orioles. But thank you again for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. For your first listen today, let's start with an Orioles win. It's nice to see. They haven't been doing it too, too much lately. But the final score, Orioles 8, Tigers 1 on Wednesday night at Oriole Park. Hey, they avoided the sweep of Detroit. And really what they avoided is being swept by the Tigers in the season series. And what's honestly pretty wild, the Detroit Tigers have never swept a team in a season series in which they've played six or more games against that same team in a season. They were about to do that, but the O's stopped them with an 8-1 to victory. With the win, the Orioles get to 77-71 and on the season. Shout out to Matt Kremnitzer for this tweet. The Orioles with 77 wins, they have matched their win total from the shortened 2020 season with 25 wins and the 2021 season with 52 wins. They had combined 77 wins in those two years. They've got 77 wins so far this year. It's It's been cool to see what the O's have done so far this season. And around the rest of the wild card race for the Orioles, you did have the Tampa Bay Rays lose again. Astros beat them 5-2 to two in Tampa. So the O's gained a game there. They're just four and a half back 
of the Rays now. Elsewhere in the wildcard race, it is the first inning of Seattle and Oakland. Shout out to the A's who beat Seattle on Tuesday night. Hopefully they can do it again, but let's just assume Seattle probably wins that game, so the O's would be five back of them. And then right now, as I record, the bottom of the eighth inning, it's Blue Jays three, Phillies two. They got a couple runners on. Hopefully the Phillies can uh, come back and beat Toronto in that one. We'll see. O's were sitting, you know, seven and a half back of Toronto, so they could at best be six and a half back of that team heading into play on Thursday. So not a great chance, but still a chance for the Orioles. And they, of course, handled their business with a win, and I'll get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 8-1 to victory over the Detroit Tigers. And the first thing you need to know, of course, is that Jordan Lyles was the only pitcher the Orioles needed to use in this game. He throws a complete game, the first of the season for the Orioles, and the O's' first complete game since John Means' no-hitter in Seattle back in May of 2021. Lyles' final line, nine innings. He allows just one run on three hits, strikes out six, does not walk anyone, and that only run he allowed was a solo home run he allowed in the seventh inning of this one that was hit by Kerry Carpenter, 100 miles per hour off the bat, 396. Wasn't even a no-doubter, but it did get out of there for a solo shot, but Lyles just kind of shook it off and continued to cruise along. Ended up throwing only 94 pitches in this one, allowed only five hard-hit balls in his nine innings of work. Quite simply, he was dominant, obviously by far the best start Lyles has had in Orioles uniform. And, you know, obviously we say it's the O's last complete game since the no-hitter. Their last complete game that was not a no-hitter was August 18th of 2018 when Alex Cobb threw a complete game against the Rays in a 4-2 Orioles victory. So it's been over four years since the Orioles threw a non-no-hitter complete game. But that's what Jordan Lyles did on Wednesday night. And hey, he would have had a Maddox, which is, of course, a complete game shutout in less than 100 pitches had he not given up that home run to Carpenter in the seventh inning. But he was just still absolutely dominant in this game. No walks. Really, he was never even close to walking anybody. He was rarely in three ball counts in this game. He gets, you know, 10 whiffs, not a crazy number, but a solid number on 51 swings. He just kept the ball in play all day and he really mixed his stuff. And when I say really mixed his stuff, StatCast had him throwing six different pitches on Wednesday night. 27 sliders. He by far used the slider the most, which was interesting. Got three whiffs. 18 sinkers, also three whiffs on that pitch. 17 four-seam fastballs. He threw 13 cutters, not a pitch we've seen a lot from him. And it was a hard cutter, 87-88. 12 curveballs and seven change-ups. That was the 94 pitches, six different offerings, just throwing the kitchen sink at him. That's what Jordan Lyles did on Wednesday night, and it worked to perfection. Listen, he was facing a terrible lineup. Tigers by far the worst offense in Major League Baseball this season. He just threw them strikes. They got themselves out, and that's what you can do against the Tigers. And that's not really what guys like Tyler Wells and even Austin Voth to a point did the last two nights. But Jordan Lyles did it on Wednesday and throws a complete game for the Orioles win. For Lyles, just his second career complete game. It has been almost a decade since he threw his first and only other one. September 30th of 2012 when he was pitching for the Houston Astros was his only other career complete game. Only, almost, I should say, 10 years between them. But congrats to Jordan Lyles 
for the big outing. Second thing you need to know from this one is that Kyle Stowers was finally back in the Oriole lineup, and I think you can say this is his best game in an Oriole uniform. Now, obviously doesn't top his biggest moment of the year, which was the two-strike, two-out game-tying homer against Liam Hendricks back in late August, but he was really productive, was Stowers, in this game. Goes two for four in this one with a single, a home run, and three RBIs in the game. No strikeouts as well for Stowers with two hard-hit balls. And the home run was just an absolute laser beam from Stowers in the sixth inning. Goes the other way into the bullpen, 108.1 off the bat, 399 feet, a line drive two-run shot that gave the Orioles a 5-0 lead at the time. Stowers also had an RBI single in this game as well. Just swung the bat really, really well. Made a couple of really nice plays defensively too, including the final out of the Lyles complete game to secure the win out there playing right field for the Orioles. Listen, I talked about it you know, earlier this week, back on Tuesday's episode. Make sure to go back and listen to that one. Just the O should be playing Kyle Stowers every day at this point. I mean, you know, he's got better splits against lefties in the minors. Hopefully he'll play against lefties more as well. It's time to just get him in there. Now, obviously it made it easier in this game because the Orioles gave Anthony Santander the day off. He has been struggling a bit, so it was easier to get Stowers out there defensively in right field and into the lineup. But whether he's in the outfield or he's DHing, you got to find a way to play him every single day at this point down the stretch. And he certainly came up big for the O's. But I mentioned Tuesday's episode and you know how all the rookies need to play. They're really the four big ones in Rutschman, Vavra, Stowers, and Henderson. And the third thing you need to know is that, well, the other kids, the other rookies, they're all right too. And they certainly were all right in this one for the Orioles. Adley Rutschman had a one for five in this game, had an RBI fielder's choice in the three-run third, also had an RBI single in the Orioles' three-run eighth in this game. He had three hard-hit balls. Gunnar Henderson hitting third for the first time in his career. He goes two for five. He also had an RBI in this game. He also had three hard-hit balls. And then how about Taron Vavra, who gets the start at second base, hits fifth in the Oriole order. He goes one for two with a single and two walks in this game as well, reaching base three times. And you add in the two hits and the homer from Kyle Stowers that we talked about. What a day for the Oriole rookies. And it's kind of the same thing with Vavra with Stowers. He should be playing every day. Now, I get a little more the aversion to playing Vavra against lefties. While Stowers dominated lefties in AAA, Vavra did have his struggles in the minors against left-handed pitchers. So I could see why. You know, you may want to sit him from time to time against a lefty. But if there's a righty out there, Taron Vavra should be in the lineup. And Brandon Hyde even talked about it before the game. He basically... Paraphrasing, of course, but kind of said, you know, Rugnet Odor has been huge for this team, huge for morale, but he said, we're trying to get a look at other guys, and, and really the main other guy is Taron Vavra at second base. So from those Hyde quotes, it looks like we're going to see a lot more Vavra and a lot less Odor in the Oriole order down the stretch. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that after Taron Vavra singled to lead off the eighth inning, Jorge Mateo pinch ran for him. Now it was mostly to get Mateo in defensively at shortstop to finish off the game. But Mateo came in and pinch ran, immediately stole a base, which was his 31st base, which ties him with Cedric Mullins for the team lead and the American League lead. 31 stolen bases for each Mullins and Mateo now with 14 games remaining. It's going to be a... Uh, a fun little stretch here down the season to see who wins the stolen base battle for the Orioles between Jorge Mateo and Cedric Mullins. And the fifth and final thing you need to know is just in general, 
The Orioles' offense was just so much better tonight. Of course, you score eight runs in this game after scoring a combined two runs in the first two losses to the Tigers. Obviously, the offense is going to be better. Eight runs on nine hits in this one for the Orioles. They also drew five walks in this game, two from Taron Vavra and three from Ramon Arias, who really just took his base in this game. I mean, you had every single Orioles starter contributing. Eight of the nine reached base. The only one who didn't was Ryan Mountcastle, who did have a sack fly and an RBI in the third inning. I mean, you even had Robinson Chirinos getting an RBI single in this game. Austin Hayes got another hit. Cedric Mullins had a hit as well. Just had guys up and down the order contributing, and that is where this Orioles team is at its best. Just looks so much better to finish off this series. Things are getting much harder now. You got four games against the Houston Astros coming up starting tonight. They are no Detroit Tigers. They are the real deal. They just went in and made quick work of the Rays. But uh, you'd obviously like to see this a lot more. It makes you feel a little better maybe about the Orioles facing the Astros. But unfortunately, the offensive performance from the Orioles on Wednesday night with the eight runs it has not really been the norm for the Orioles here in September. They're, even with the win, still 9 and 10 in the month of September have been scuffling and have definitely, as we've talked about, lost ground here in this wild card race. And the reason is the Oriole offense just has not produced here this month. And you can talk about different guys slumping or the approach changing or whatever it may be. But a lot of it when you watch this team just has to do with they just kind of look tired. So coming up next, I want to talk about is this Orioles team really tired right now? Because it could be the case. And we'll kind of break down why they could be tired at this point in the season. But first, got to tell you about Nugenics. Because are you feeling like you just can't get in shape? Well, it's not your fault. As men age... Our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and be active. And, you know, you might remember when winning felt easy. Well, because you, when you were younger, you were at the peak of your testosterone production. It may not be the case anymore. So if you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs. You'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, and more passion too. And your partner will certainly notice the difference. And Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. It can help you re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior that you used to be. And now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you visit MLB. You text MLB to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text MLB to 231231. That's text MLB to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. So the Oriole offense actually got something going on Wednesday night. Eight runs on nine hits against the Tigers to salvage the final game 
of that three-game series against a lowly Detroit team. And the reason why they just had to save face and even get a win in this series just to not get swept is because the offense was horrendous the first two games. No runs Monday night, just two runs on the Gunnar Henderson home run Tuesday night. It's kind of been the offensive story for the Orioles in September. I mean, they got one out of three in Toronto over the weekend, but the offense basically had one good inning. It was the ninth inning on Sunday to complete the comeback and get the win. I mean, you look back at the Nats series. Yeah, they win two games, but it was a struggle. You know, they had two big innings late in those games to kind of just barely get themselves over the hump. It was tough to watch. I mean, you go to that Red Sox series before that. I mean, you lose one nothing in the Sunday game. In the one win of that series, you only score three runs. And then you go back to the Toronto series, the big one that really kind of turned this season on its head, that four-game set. The O's offense was okay, but it just was not there enough to get some runners home, and they're just not looking like they're taking the same at-bats. And you can say, oh, some guys are slumping. You can say approaches have changed. But what I really say, and I've talked about this over the last couple of weeks on the podcast, but really want to take a closer look at, I think the Orioles are just out of gas. They just look tired, especially at the plate. And now they looked a little more energized, certainly on Wednesday night. But in general, they just look tired. And it's not just me looking at the games and saying, oh, that guy looks tired, that at-bat looks tired. There's some numbers to back up at least why this Oriole team would be tired at this point in the season. As a team coming into Wednesday, they had a 93-team WRC plus in September, so 7% worse than a Major League average offense. That was 19th in Major League Baseball in September. And to be fair, you know, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, Ryan Mountcastle, even Cedric Mullins have all still been hitting the ball fairly well in this month. But they are the only four Orioles hitters with a WRC plus over 100 in September, which means they've basically been the only four hitters in the lineup who've been better than league average so far this month. Everybody else has really been scuffling, and some guys have just been in horrible slumps, like, you know, Arias and McKenna and Odor have just not contributed basically at all here in September. But you kind of look at some of the, the worst numbers uh, of some of those guys. Anthony Santander at 83 WRC plus in September. These are stats coming into play on Wednesday. Hayes, Austin Hayes with an 80 WRC plus in the month. Ramon Arias, 65 WRC plus. Jorge Mateo, 39 WRC plus. Again, it's a stat that kind of weighs in all offensive performance, how many runs you are creating, and averages it out. 100 is league average. Anything higher than 100 is better than average. Anything lower than 100 is worse. So Jorge Mateo with a 39 WRC+, he's been 61% worse than a league average hitter in September. It has not been good for him. But you look at some of these guys, and you kind of realize it does make a little sense that they would be getting tired out here because this is an Oriole team that's fairly young, has a lot of rookies, and in general, just not a lot of veteran guys. There are only four players on this Orioles team right now that have had more than one full major league season before 2022. So only four guys, and those are the guys you would expect, the four veterans on this team right now. Rugnet Odor, Robinson Chirinos, Jordan Lyles, and Jesus Aguilar are the only four players of the 26-man active roster that have had at least two like full competitive, they've been in there almost every day, major league seasons before 2022. Everybody else has had maybe one of those seasons last year or none of them. And that's why it kind of makes sense. And you even look at the guys 
who are playing well for the Orioles, as I mentioned, Rutschman, Henderson, Mountcastle, and Mullins. It kind of makes sense that those would be the four guys who are playing well. And you can even throw Taron Vavra in there. He also has you know, a, a 140 WRC plus in the month. Didn't want to include him initially. Hasn't been a lot of plate appearances, but of course he's been playing well lately and he's certainly rested, so that would make sense. Kyle Stowers hit the ball well Wednesday. He's been rested. That would make sense as well. But the reason specifically the everyday guys, among the everyday guys recently, Rutschman, Henderson, Mountcastle, Mullins, it would make sense that they'd be the guys that are having a little more success because they either haven't played a full season in the bigs this year or this isn't at least completely foreign to them. Adley Rutschman, of course, came up in mid-May, so those major league at-bats haven't been a full season yet to completely tire him out. Of course, Gunnar Henderson, despite playing a full minor league season, didn't come up until August 31st, so certainly you know, was given an extra energy boost getting to the bigs and is riding that along to an incredible start to his big league career. And then Ryan Mountcastle and Cedric Mullins, really the only two guys in this Oriole lineup who played a full 2021 season that were in there, you know, almost every day. And they're the only two guys in this lineup who aren't completely surpassing their plate appearance total from last year. You know, they're still Mullins, Mountcastle, kind of around how much they played last year because they were both everyday players for the Orioles in 2021 as well. So it makes sense that, hey, they're at least used to this. They did it last season. They know the grind that goes into a year, especially when you get to September. And they kind of know how to, you know, treat their bodies right and what to do. And that would make sense that they're still hitting well and have at least some sort of second boost, especially Mountcastle, here in the month of September. But these other guys, they simply haven't done this before. And that's kind of why I think this team is just running out of gas. You have all these guys who have never played these full big league seasons. Anthony Santander, for example, has been really bad in September, popping up a lot not hitting for power, and he gets the day off Wednesday to just help him out somehow. He's had 592 plate appearances this year. He only had 438 in 2021. He also had 405 in 2019 because he's missed time with injury pretty much every year of his career until this year. This is his first fully healthy season in the big leagues, despite the fact that he debuted with the Orioles all the way back in 2017. But he's just never had this full season because even in the minors, when he was with Cleveland, he's always been injured at some point. And now he's finally healthy. He's finally an everyday player. And he might just be tiring out. How about Austin Hayes? 531 plate appearances for Hayes coming into play on Wednesday. Of course, you can add for Austin Hayes four more. So 535 plate appearances. He had 529 in 2021. So he's already eclipsed that. And there's still a couple weeks to go in the season. Now, is Austin Hayes really tiring out? Maybe he's not in this group because he's just been really bad in the second half and he's actually starting to swing it a little bit better. But Jorge Mateo, Jorge Mateo, 484 plate appearances this season. He had 209 plate appearances last year. And of course, he got to the big leagues first in the shortened season in 2020. So he's never played for this long at the big league level. Ramon Arias, 434 plate appearances this season. You would think, oh, last year he played a lot. Well, he didn't really get super hot until, you know, a couple months into the year last year. He only had 296 plate appearances in 2021. He's never played a season even close to this long. So you look at this Oriole offense, and, you know, the pitching, at least, has not tired out, despite the fact that, you know, a guy like Austin Voth has pitched already 40 more innings than he's ever pitched. 
seeing how Perez has you know, pitched 30 more innings than he ever has in a big league season. Brian Baker, 62 innings this year. You know, he's never pitched to the bigs, but he only threw 43 innings in AAA last year. You know, Felix Bautista, 47 innings in the minors all of last year. 63 innings already this season. You know, you got these guys who it would make sense if they broke down. Dean Kramer threw 54 innings last year. He's thrown 105 and a third this season. They haven't broken down, but but maybe they will a little bit. But I think it's really shown on these hitters. Arias, Mateo, Santander. They're all slumping, and I think it's because they've never played full major league seasons. And it's happening, and they're learning what that does to your body at the end of the year. And hopefully it means that if they're all with this team next year, they'll be ready for when this happens, kind of like Mountcastle and Mullins are doing right now after they got used to it doing it last year. But I think at the end of the day, unfortunately, the team's just tired. And it's not only the plate appearances, but they had to play well above their heads all season just to stay in this playoff race. They had to give 150% every night to you know outplay all their expectations, all the projections, and be a winning ball club this year. They're going to crash at some point. And it's kind of what's happening. And hopefully it's not too big of a crash to keep them from at least being in it for another week or two or at least getting over 500 by the end of the year. But... You know, I don't think it's 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 not hitting coaches being bad. It's not approach changing dramatically. It's just this team looks tired, and you look at the numbers, and it kind of makes sense that they would be tired at this point as well. And, you know, it's not just for the guys who have been at the big league level. It's, it's also for the, the rookies as well, a lot of rookies in the bullpen. That minor league season just doesn't last as long as the major leagues. And speaking of that minor league season, well, it finished up at the high A level on Wednesday night, the Aberdeen Ironbirds were in the South Atlantic League Championship Series, a decisive Game 3. How did they do? Did they take home the title? We'll talk about it next. So to wrap things up here on today's pod, you got the Aberdeen Ironbirds. They got a 13-6 victory on Tuesday night against the Bowling Green Hot Rods to tie the high-A South Atlantic League Championship Series up at one game apiece. A winner-take-all Game 3 was at Ripken Stadium in Aberdeen on Wednesday night. But unfortunately, the Ironbirds were not able to take home the title. Falling 4-0 to the Bowling Green Hot Rods, the Tampa Bay Rays high-A affiliate, and the Hot Rods do win the championship in the South Atlantic League. So quickly, wanted to get you the five things you need to know from the Ironbirds. 4-0 lost to the Hot Rods to end their season in the final game of the playoffs. And the first thing you need to know, well, Peter Van Loon, who was the starter for the Ironbirds, the right-hander who the O's took in the 16th round of the 2021 draft, he certainly dominated and gave them a chance to win in this one. He throws four scoreless innings in this start, allowing just one hit, striking out four and walking just one. He dominated that raised lineup a couple of times through, was looking fantastic. And of course, you're going to have these shorter starts. So he did you know, get pulled from the game after just 45 pitches. But he was rolling along. But the second thing you need to know is that the next guys they went to definitely did not roll along. Connor Gillespie came in, the right-hander who was the O's ninth-round pick in 2019, got just one out, allowed two hits and a walk, came out of the game. In comes Cade Stroud with the bases loaded, a right-hander who the O's took in the 12th round back in 2019, and didn't go great for him as well. He couldn't quite get out of the jam. He gives up three runs later in the game, goes two innings, allowing three runs on three hits. And at the end of the day, 
Those are guys who had good seasons, especially Gillespie, but just didn't have his best stuff in the final game of the year. Third thing you need to know is that the rest of the Ironbirds bullpen at least did keep them in the game. Nick Richmond, the right-hander who the Ironbirds signed, or the Orioles signed to a minor league contract earlier this year, two-thirds of an inning scoreless. Houston Roth, who was the O's 29th round pick in 2019, he threw a scoreless eighth inning. And Xavier Moore, who the Orioles acquired in a minor league trade last year, threw a scoreless top of the ninth inning to keep it 4 nothing. But at the end of the day, you know, when you can't score, it's not really going to matter. But at least that back part of the bullpen did its job. Now, the fourth thing you need to know is that, well, Bowling Green did have a three-run inning in the seventh where they kind of broke it open. But the run that ended up being the winning run, which scored in the top of the fifth to give the Hot Rods a 1-0 lead, well, it came home on a balk as Cade Stroud came into this game for Gillespie in the fifth inning. It was a 0-0 game after Gillespie had gone double, pop out, single, and walk and left the game with the bases loaded. Now Stroud comes in, strikes in Mason Hour, and there's two down, and you're thinking, all right, he's going to get out of this one. And then he balks in the go-ahead run. And the batter that was at the plate, Alexander Ovalis, he ended up striking him out. So if Stroud doesn't balk, he comes in and with two Ks gets out of that bases loaded jam, keeps it 0-0. Just a weird play in this game that, that ended up being the winning run. And then the fifth and final thing you need to know, well, the Ironbirds offense, they just never got it going. Did not score in this game, had just four hits in this one, they only had one extra base hit. It was a triple from Max Wagner. They also got singles from Frederick Ben Cosme, Heston Kerstad, and Dylan Beavers. Now, they did get on base a little bit, also drew four walks. Beavers, Kerstad, Judd Fabian, and Wagner each had walks in this game as well. But the Ironbirds struck out 12 times in this ballgame against a hot rod staff in the race system known for its strikeouts. They went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position and just could not come up with that big hit when they needed it. And the Ironbirds, who won their first ever playoff series in franchise history this year, came one win away from a championship, couldn't get it done. But shout out to Roberto Mercado in his first year as Ironbirds manager for having a incredibly successful season, managing some great Orioles prospects throughout the year. And shout out to them for having a great, great year. But back at the major league level, of course, the O's, at least they avoided getting swept by the Tigers on Wednesday night. But things get much, much tougher starting tonight. A four-game series starts with the Houston Astros at Oriole Park at Camden Yards here tonight. And, of course, it's going to be a special night at the ballpark. I will be in the park, and I will be giving a big-time standing ovation to Trey Mancini, who makes his return to Oriole Park for the first time since being traded to the Houston Astros at this year's trade deadline. Man, I hope Dusty Baker puts Trey in the starting lineup on Thursday night. Should be a cool scene welcoming him back. The Astros, who have already clinched the AOS, now they're just looking to clinch the number one seed in the American League. The Orioles trying to somehow stay afloat in this playoff race. The Astros just went in and swept the Rays, so we'll see what they can do against this Orioles team here starting tonight. Then I'll be back with you here on the pod tomorrow. We'll recap game one between Baltimore and Houston. Get to the five things you need to know from that one and get you ready for the rest of this weekend series against the Astros. But that's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.